0: and go for Mike Slater in three, two, one. you You're listening to Mike Slater, part of the next generation of talk radio, only on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: This is America's the greatest country in the world. Thanks for being here. We're going to talk about the uh, health care debacle coming up in the next hour, but I want, to get, uh, I want to make sure you know all about this. So you heard last week that President Trump destroyed... Meals on wheels. It's gone. It's gone. Uh, the budget that President Trump proposed cut meals on wheels. And uh, I mean, the budget hasn't even passed, but millions of old people are already starving to death because of it. So that, of course, is the image the left wants you to have. People starving to death. Where did this come from? It's not true, by the way. So where did it come from? Now, I'm going to be fair here for people on the left. This all was too good to pass up. (laughs) It's got everything. You got evil Republican, Donald Trump. You got budget cuts that will push grandma off a cliff. I mean, it's all all right there. And that's why you get Time Magazine. Trump's budget would kill a program that feeds 2.4 million senior citizens. Like, that is so, that's so wrong. That's morally wrong to write a headline like that. That is so not true. Notice they use the word kill, right? It's not going to end the program. It's going to kill the program that feeds 2.4 million senior citizens. Like that is so not true. Now, anyway, but they put the word kill there. You know, they kill the program. What they really want you to think is that Trump is killing grandma. So again, total lie. Here's how it works. The federal government has a program called the CDBG, the Community Development Block Grant Program. Now, you get a tweet like this one from Jake Tapper. He said, on the chopping block, $3 billion community development block grant program, which funds programs like Meals on Wheels. Okay. Now, I'm, reading, I'm just going to read the first few responses to Jake Tapper's tweet. Wow, I volunteer for them. Great program. Very sad and unchristian. Next comment. Whoever said Republicans were the Christian party? Oh, wait, they did. Constantly. I truly want to know how they can claim to be Christian. Jesus loved the poor first. Let me scroll down a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Now you get the idea. Uh, my, my World War II vet father has helped remain independent by Meals on Wheels. I'm ashamed that Trump feels the need to cut this service. And it goes on and on and on. Now let me read this tweet again. On the chopping block, $3 billion community development block grant program which funds programs like Meals on Wheels. Now that gives the assumption that Meals on Wheels is entirely funded by this community development block program. That is entirely not true. A couple things. First, what does this program really go to? Where's this money go to? I'll give you some examples. $588,000 went to pay for a Marina in Alexandria, Louisiana. $245,000 Two hundred forty-five thousand dollars went for the expansion of an art museum in Allentown, Pennsylvania. One hundred forty-seven thousand dollars went for a canopy walk at the Atlanta Botanical Gardens in Georgia. Any anyone uh, anything here for the poor yet? Are we helping out the poor? Are we helping out Grandma? Are we helping the children yet with the a hundred a thousand dollar canopy walk at the Botanical Gardens? Ninety-eight thousand dollars for the Pearl Fincher Museum of Fine Arts in Spring, Texas. Two hundred forty-five thousand dollars for renovations to an awning at a historical market in Roanoke, Virginia. You get the idea. That's where this community development block grant program money goes, not meals on wheels. It goes to fund stupid little pork projects that the federal government have no business funding. So where's most of the money go. It actually goes to the people who operate the grant program itself. Most of the money goes to the people running the program. How much of it goes to Meals on Wheels? Almost none. Almost none. The left is so good at these at these sales pitches, and the Republicans are terrible at it. That's why I was hoping President Trump would get in front of these things. Right. Same thing with the health care bill. Which so we'll, we'll save that for for the next hour. But keep this analysis in mind because it's the exact same. I wish Trump would get in front of these things. I thought he would. Right, I thought he would come out and say, "Hey, American people, here's my budget. In this budget, I am cutting the community de- community development uh, block grant program." The Democrats will say that the money goes to Meals on Wheels, but what the money's really going to is to expand a brewery in Michigan, which is not only a waste of money, but it's cronyism because there's no other brewery in Michigan getting federal grant money. Where the money's really going is a million dollars to improve a a playground and a sidewalk outside of an elementary school in Riverside, California. It's not going to grandma. It's not going to Meals on Wheels. Get in front of it. Kill the narrative before it can even start. Why don't they do that? You know what they're going to do, right? You know what the the Democrats are going to do with that. They're going to look at the community block program and they're going to find the, the saddest <laughs> program in there, right? You know what I mean? Like, like the most uh, heart-wrenching program. Oh, Meals on Wheels, boom, done. Let's say that Trump is ending the Meals on Wheels program. You know they're going to do that. So why not get in front of it? Beat them to the punch? So how do Meals on Wheels really get involved? Some cities do, right? So the federal government will give money to the cities and some cities and towns will give some of that money two meals on wheels, not all of them certainly, but some will most of the money that federal money that goes to meals on wheels comes through the older Americans act, which was passed in 1965. That program's not being cut. If you take the meals on wheels budget, about 35% of the budget comes from the older, uh, sorry, 35% of the budget comes from the federal government. And almost all that money comes from the older Americans. I mean like 99.9% of the money comes from the older Americans act. And that isn't being cut at all that's 35% of their budget. The other 60, uh, the other uh, 65% comes from donations, uh, private donations and corporate donations. So the community development block grant program in certain areas for meals and wheels is zero. And in some places it's some, but it's negligible. Nothing that couldn't be fixed by people donating a little bit more money and then it would all be covered. Or, or if the bureaucrats in these cities didn't waste the money in the first place, then they would have credibility to say that this money is actually going to meals on wheels and it probably wouldn't be cut at all, but they're not, they're totally wasting it on things that the federal government is no business spending their money on your money on. Wow. Isn't that' wild. So there, now you know the full story. So now when you look at Jake Tapper, who I like, he says, you know, the, the, the block program is, is ending, which funds programs like meals on wheels. Come on. That's such a hack move. Let me back it up here. There's two really smart guys who I value, Uh, Greg Lukianoff and uh, Jonathan Haidt. They wrote an article about a year and a half ago called The Coddling of the American Mind. It's a long article. I think it's in The Atlantic. It's, uh, It's really, really good. The Coddling of the American Mind. It's mostly about college kids, but not just college kids. And they write this. They say the goal, just our goal as humans should be to minimize distorted thinking, and see the world more accurately. You start by learning the names of a dozen or so of the most common cognitive distortions, which we're going to talk about in a little bit here. Each time you notice yourself falling prey to one of them, name it, describe the facts of the situation, consider alternative interpretations, and then choose an interpretation of events more in line with those facts. Your emotions follow your new interpretation. And in time, this process becomes automatic. And when people improve their mental hygiene in this way, when they free themselves from the repetitive, irrational thoughts that had previously filled so much of their consciousness, you will become less depressed, anxious, and angry. I want to go over that process next. I love it. they called it mental hygiene. I think that's right. I want to go over it next, but to apply it to the meals on wheels program, people who are inclined to hate Trump, they'll come across a headline like Jake Tapper's or any of the other ones in all these other newspapers and magazines about Trump, you know, getting rid of the meals on wheels program. If they're inclined to hate Trump, they will read that headline and they'll only ask themselves one question. Can I believe this? Can I believe what Jake Tapper just told me? Yes, I can because I want it to be true. So I'm going to hand over all of my critical thinking ability to Jake Tapper because what he said, I, I agree with. And and he agrees with me. I agree with him. That makes me feel good. And that's it. That's the end of it. That's the end of people's thought process. They run with it. And then they make up these images in their head of poor, sick grandma going without food because of Hitler Trump. And we do this to ourselves all the time. As opposed to looking at this and, and getting emotional, right? Looking at Jake Tapper's Twitter, you know, we're ending. Trump is ending the Meals on Wheels program. And instead of getting emotional, Just talk about in a second. Being like, whoa, okay, what did he really? What is the community development block program? How much of that money goes to Meals on Wheels? How much money from Meals on Wheels comes from the program? Could it be funded any other way? Is it appropriate for that? Like, instead of asking these questions, people are just like, oh, how (laughs) unchristian. Like, what are you talking about? It's not even true. Gosh, we do this all the time. And, and I really think it's the, it should be the job of the Republicans to preempt this, to preempt this thinking, because people do it all the time. And Democrats use it uh, to manip- manipulate people all the time, too. The Democrat leadership, they're good at it. They know it. Republicans are terrible. All right, I want to take a break. I want to come back. We'll go over a couple of these uh, cognitive distortions. I hate the word cognitive. It's, not, it's way too like dramatic of a word. I don't, I don't like that word. So we'll explain all that coming up next. And then if we can do this, if we can grasp these and, and make this process that I'll describe automatic, oh my God, like the world will be yours. I'm not even kidding. You can see things so clearly. And if you can do that, it's just game on for you. All right, we'll explain it next. Mike Slater showed the Blaze Radio Network spread the word.
0: You're listening to Mike Slater on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: So we have two books here. We've got uh, Dr. David Burns. He has a book called Feeling Good. And then there's another book by three different authors called Treatment Plans and Interventions for, Interventions for Depression and Anxiety Disorder. Uh, so this is all from this article, The Coddling of the American Mind, which I highly recommend. Uh, so this is what these guys say. They say Burns, Dr. Burns, defines emotional reasoning as assuming that your negative emotions necessarily reflect the way things are. I feel therefore it must be true. These other authors define it as letting your feelings guide your interpretation of reality, but of course, subjective feelings are not always trustworthy guides. Therapy often involves talking yourself down from the idea that each of your emotional responses represents something true or important. Okay. So. Again, if you just tuned in, we talked about this Meals on Wheels program and how uh, everyone's, oh, it's being caught. It's being caught. Everyone gets all emotional about it. And it's a, it's a totally distorted vision of what's happening. Everyone creates a movie in their mind of grandma going hungry and pushed off a cliff and all this other stuff. And it's just none of it's true. It's just not true. But it's all emotionally driven. So what we have to do is be able to recognize this in ourselves and other people, but in ourselves too, and be able to see things clearly as they really are. So a couple uh, common cognitive distortions. And like I said, I hate the word cognitive. I don't know why I don't like the word. It just seems too fancy. It's just the, um, it's the process your brain goes through when you learn things and know things and memory and perception and judgment and reason. Like it's all brain related things like that. So that's Mm -hmm. cognitive. So a couple cognitive distortions. And I want to see if you experience any of these. Well, we all do, by the way, everyone does. Uh, it's just a matter of degree of, of, or it's a matter of what And to the degree and to what degree. So this is the one that I do the most of. I got like five or six I want to share here in our couple of minutes. Um, So mind reading. This is the one I do the most. This is when you assume that you know what people think without having any evidence of their thoughts. right? So a common one is a, you know, he thinks I'm a loser or something, but you don't really, you don't really know that what he thinks. You just made that up. So this is the one I do the most. So I assume the worst of what people are thinking of me. So I, and I I try and I, I mind read them. And then I go right to the worst possible thought that they might have. And I do it like that. So if someone, uh, I'll see someone and they'll say, Oh, Slater, I heard your show yesterday. And my first thought is, Oh, they hated it. They hate me. It was awful. And I go through like, Oh man, like when did they listen? Like it must've been a horrible segment. Like I just immediately go to the worst. But it's equally as likely that, They enjoyed what they heard, right? I mean, they go, oh, and it was a great segment, but I don't assume that. I assume the worst. It's mind reading. Fortune telling. You predict the future negatively. Things will get worse. I will fail that exam. I won't get that job. Stuff like that. Catastrophizing. You believe that what has happened or will happen will be so awful and unbearable, you won't be able to stand it. So this is, uh, this is the media. Every little thing is the worst ever. And you, the viewer, you won't be able to stand it. Remember last week we we did a segment about, uh, keeping your center, right? Keeping your head on straight and how all the great action stars in every movie, keep calm, cool, and collected all the time, right? So that's, that's why we like them so much. So obviously we value that characteristic because it's reflected in, in art. Right? Being calm. Right? Crazy things are going on. We told the story of Jack Reacher. He's about to get in a big fight. And he's like, all right, guys, are we going to do this or what? Right? You know, he's like super calm and like annoyed that he's fighting. But like, okay, cool. He doesn't get panicked. You never see an action star panic. But the media tries to get us to act like our, our hair's on fire all the time. Right? They try to get us to act the opposite of James Bond or John Wayne. John Wayne would never panic like an idiot. But the media goads us into that multiple times a day. And that's the catastrophizing. Everything's a catastrophe. Uh, let's see what else. Labeling. You assign global negative traits to yourself and to others. I'm des- undesirable or, or he's a rotten person. We just label people with these broad uh, general or ourselves with these broad general negative characteristics. Um, negative filtering. You focused almost exclusively on the negatives and seldom noticed the positives. All right. I do this one too. I'll get... Uh, 10 emails on a show, right? I'll get 10. And then nine of them are super positive and one is negative. And all I do is zero in on the negative one, right? Negative filtering. Over generalizing, you perceive a global pattern of negatives on the basis of a single incident, right? This generally happens to me. I, 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 I seem to fail at a lot of things, things like that, right? That happens a lot with people and uh, airplanes, right? Their airplane will be late. And they're like, every airplane I I ever take, I'm always late. All my airplanes are late. And it's like, it's not true. It's like one out of 10 that you go on is late, but you do, you the one is late. And you're like, oh, every time. And then uh, blaming, of course, right? You focus on the other person as your source of negative feelings and refuse to take responsibility for changing yourself. She's to blame for the way I feel. My parents caused all my problems, et cetera, et cetera. And I'll stop here. One more. Uh, What if, right? This is when you ask. You keep asking a series of questions about what if something happens and you're never satisfied with any of the answers, right? So you're like, well, I can't do this because what if I get anxious? And then someone says, well, then this will happen. You say, well, then, then what if? Like what if, what if, what if I can't catch my breath? What if this happens? What if that? What if, what if, what if? And you're never satisfied with any of the answers. You just keep what if, what if, what if, what if? And you keep spiraling down in this, uh, this dark place. So there's a bunch more. I'll stop here. But there's a bunch more on this article, the, the coddling of the American mind. Um, and you can read them all, but just imagine how powerful you would be if you could know all of these distortions of how you think and how you interpret things. And if you could identify it in the moment and, and wade yourself through the lies and see only the truth and reality and act accordingly and not based on emotion, you would be unstoppable. You'd be absolutely unstoppable. Honestly, if you could just, you would rise above the whole thing. Like everyone is so just think about work. Like everyone's so emotional. Everything's, God, I go now, and everyone's just like going crazy with different things that happen and panicking and not seeing things the way they really are. If you are the person who can recognize your emotions and the distortions they're creating, and and really just like rise above it and control it and you can view the whole thing at thirty thousand feet like a general up on a hill watching the soldiers right like you're like you're a totally different person and then you have so much more power almost sounds like a negative you have just so much more control that's where you need to be and then you also won't get caught up in any of the lies of the media either i want to tell a story of uh King Firas coming up next from 2,000 years ago and uh, relate that to Russia. We'll do that next on the Mike
0: Slater Show. Spread the word. This is Mike Slater, part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. mike slater on the blaze radio network
1: i want to talk about uh the democrats and their russia obsession which i now wonder if this will even continue because the the only reason it's a thing is it's a it's a weapon to use against trump but after this healthcare debacle the democrats may not need this russia weapon anymore i don't know we'll see but either way uh I want to tell a story to, to lead up to it. So we'll go back to 281 BC. You got Rome right in the middle of Italy, right? And there's another city called Tarentum. It's a city on Italy's east coast. It's right across the way from Greece. This is Southeast of Rome. It was actually a Greek colony, right? So you got the city in Italy that the Greeks controlled and the people there spoke Greek and they considered themselves uh, cultural Spartans and it was the wealthiest city in Italy at the time so rome as 281 bc rome was still kind of up and coming but they didn't want to take on tarentum because they knew that if they attacked tarentum was super wealthy and they could pay all these other armies to defend itself and it'd just be bad news but tarentum then sunk some sunk some roman ships and killed the admiral and it became this big thing and now it's just game on so Rome says, we're going to attack you. Now, Tarentum had a, a problemo. They had no army. Life was so good in this colony. Everyone was so rich. They, Everyone just got soft, and they got used to the good life, and they had no army. So they're like, oh So they called the Spartans, asked to get some help. And they were busy somewhere else. So the Spartans said no. So the people in Tarentum called on King Fyrus. This guy uh, was baller. So this is just a few years after Alexander the Great died. And King Fyrus loved Alexander, admired him, said he was a distant cousin, don't know if he really was, uh, but just wanted to be connected with him. And also this family said that they were descendants of Achilles, one of the greatest warriors ever. So Fyrus was just, so ready to live a life of glory and rule and empire, just like Alexander the Great, right? His nickname was the Eagle. So King Firus gets this call and he's like, I'm all in. I'm, de- I'm definitely, this is my chance. So Alexander the Great came from the other way, right? He came from Spain over. Uh, but now, so tarantum's like, well, I'm going to take over the same territory, but I'm going to come at it from from the west or from the east go west, right? So he's like, this is perfect. This is my chance. So he sets sail from Greece to Italy, just across the way. Twenty thousand soldiers, three thousand horsemen, two thousand bowmen, and twenty—well, I'll tell you that in a second. Twenty of his secret weapon. So he gets to Tarantum, and he's like, "All right, where's your army?" They lied to him, right? He—they told him that they had an army. He just—they just needed some backup. So he goes there thinking there's something there and there's nothing. So he's like, oh, geez. So the Romans found out that he arrived and that there was no other army there. So the Romans are like, this is our chance. We're going in now. They didn't give him any more time to get ready. So they fight and the Romans start winning. And then King Phyrus unleashes his secret weapon. All right, you got the 20,000 soldiers, the 3,000 horsemen, the 2,000 bowmen, and the 20 elephants. Now, I don't quite understand what, like how this would work or how you can like a, train an elephant to like attack or cho. I don't I don't get the whole thing, but the Romans were freaked out. They've, they've never seen elephants in battle before. so they're like what? And then you got these soldiers on top raining arrows down on them. From the top of the elephants, so the Romans are like we're out of here. So Virus won. Now the problem is he lost a ton of men in the battle, and he lost a ton of his top guys. And the Romans impressed him because I mean the Romans almost won. If it wasn't for the elephants, the Romans won. So Virus decided to negotiate a peace settlement. The Romans rejected him. We'll never share Italy, I said. So then they met the next year, a couple months later, in another battle. And the Romans were winning. But again, King Phyrus, he unleashed the elephants. And the elephants won, they beat the Romans back. Now, you might have the attitude, like, Jesus, King Fyrus guy, he's awesome. He keeps winning. He can't be stopped. He's two for two. He's going to be just like Alexander the Great. He's going to take over the entire region at this rate. I mean, the Romans keep attacking. They have no chance. No. Again, he lost so many men. He lost so many of his generals. He couldn't go on. He said, if we defeat the Romans in one more battle, we shall be totally ruined. Right? If, he said, if we defeat the Romans one more time, we're going to be ruined. Which, I mean, you would think if, you know, if we lose to the Romans, we'll, no, he said, if we defeat them again, we're going to we'll be ruined. But he already was ruined. He, just, he couldn't go on and that was it. That was the end of King Cyrus' campaign in Italy. So... It's from this story, it's from King Fyrus, where we get the term a Fyrrhic or a Pyrrhic victory. I'm sure you've heard that before, a Pyrrhic victory. This is when uh, you win, right? Your goal is achieved, but it's at such great a cost, you, you might as well have lost, right? So King, King Fyrrhus, he won two, he won twice, two battles, but, I mean, you might as well have lost. So what does this have to do with the Democrats and the Russians? This is all looking like King Firas. The Democrats are desperate for a win. And I think they're so desperate that they're blind to all their other options. They are dead set on making Russia a thing. They could attack President Trump on 10 other things that have way more credibility than Russia. Or they could just wait and get a better opportunity. But they're blinded by their hatred and they feel the need to take them down now. Like King Fierce and the Romans, right? We need to take them down now. No time to wait. And even though King Fierce won, he got nothing out of it. And I think this Trump Russia saga is a no win for the Democrats. They're too desperate. And they may get a win in the sense that the people who hate Trump can cling on to this as proof that he's a Russian puppet or whatever they're even saying. But at their own loss, right? They'll cling to it so hard that they'll never keep their eyes open for something real. You got to be careful getting too attached to one strategy. And the Democrats are going all in with the Russians and there's nothing there. There's nothing there. A perfect example of the overreach was the whole Jeff sessions. Uh, it was like two, three weeks ago, the whole Jeff sessions meeting with the Russian ambassador, Right. I remember everyone flipped out. I'll never forget when I came back home. Long story, but MSNBC was on our TV. Don't even ask why. And it was like 9.30 at night, Pacific time. And I looked at it and I was like, oh my gosh, Like something huge is happening. Like terrorist attack in America. Something like huge. Like, like <laughs> breaking news everywhere. Like giant... Headlines all over the screen. I've never seen so many words on the screen at one time. And then the the ticker at the bottom was like the text was flying by. I've never seen it move so fast. you know the scrolling text at the bottom. I was like, what is happening? And it was maddow and Brian Williams, right? They brought in the big guns. We're all there. I was like, goodness gracious. And it was the whole Jeff Sessions and the Russian ambassador. I was like, wow, this must really be something. But it was late, so I went to bed. I was like, I'll read about it in the morning. I wake up in the morning and it was the giant nothing sandwich. It was, zero he met with 25 different ambassadors and so did nancy pelosi and claire mccaskill does this whole thing like i've never met with a russian ambassador and then on twitter in the last couple of years three different times she's like oh this afternoon i'm gonna go meet with the russian ambassador <laughs> it's like what? Are you, what are you, why would you say oh, i've never met with a russian ambassador and then you know on twitter three times you've said i'm gonna go meet with the russian ambassador right so that's just desperation that that's that's desperation and hysteria and it makes you vulnerable and then ultimately look ridiculous and i think that's this whole russia thing at best at best the democrats are only going to get a pyrrhic or a pyrrhic victory out of this All right maybe they'll win but it'll be at their own loss All right they're, they're never going to get they're never going to get any real win out of it Right. You'll never find proof because it doesn't exist. What about that? Trump and Putin colluded or something? Come on. They'll never find proof that Russia changed the vote tally in Michigan to give Trump the win. I mean, that doesn't, that's not real. That's, that never happened. So they're going to have all these minor battle victories along the way, right? Like maybe they'll win a news cycle here or there, but they're never going to win the war this way. It's fine by me. I'm just saying for their own, uh, their own advice, or right, just give them a little advice. But, um, like I said, when I started, I don't know if the, it's going to be interesting when the fact that the Republicans and Trump and Ryan so epically botched the whole health care thing. I think now the Democrats, as they were clinging to Russia to be the thing to take Trump down, I think they're like, like I just imagine them like desperately clinging to this. Like, I'll never let go of Russia. I'm It's Russia, 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 Russia. And then for like one split second, they open up their eyes and they're like. Oh, oh! You guys totally blew it on the healthcare, and they can like let go of Russia and now just talk about this all the time, because it's all just a way to attack Trump, and Trump and the Republicans left this this healthcare thing, I mean left, made a huge pl- space for the Democrats to come in and mock, and rightfully so in many ways. So it'd be interesting to see if Russia is still even a thing from this point forward, but. Um, if they keep clinging to it, I don't think any good for them will ever cover it it's fine. Again, fine by me, but. one 800 one 93 one 933 93 And Slater Radio on Twitter. All right, I want to come back. Um, we'll do this as an intro to our healthcare discussion, which we will have coming up in the, uh, the top of the next hour. But have you ever heard, uh, I'm sure you saw this on your Facebook feed. Americans spend more on healthcare than any other country and have a lo- we have a lower life expectancy so we spend more and have a, a lower life expectancy have you heard that before sure you yeah. have um that's not even close to the full story we'll tell the the, the full story behind all that coming up next one 933 93 mike slater so the blaze radio network spread the word
0: you're listening to mike slater on the blaze radio network part of the next generation of talk radio this is mike slater
1: Slater is going to talk about the obamacare replacement situation coming up next but you may have seen this on your facebook feed or somewhere america spends more on health care and has a lower life expectancy All right, now the assumption here is that if we move to a single payer you know, free health care then we'd be spending less and we'd live longer right that's that's why people share that uh, be careful with all this. So we got a couple minutes. Let's focus on the first half of the sentence. So America spends more on healthcare than other rich nations. That's the that's the first part of that. That's not necessarily because healthcare costs more. Most of that is because we use more healthcare. Now healthcare is very expensive, and too expensive for a lot of different reasons, and we could talk about that, but. That's not the whole story. So let's get it out of the healthcare world because when people think healthcare, people think it's like people they get emotional and think like it's different from any other commodity when it's not. So let's just say I told you that we in America, we spend more on lettuce than any other country in the world. What do you think? All right, if I tell you we spend more on lettuce than anywhere else in the world or we spend more on exercise equipment than anywhere else in the world, or we spend more on furniture than anywhere else in the world. What do you think? You think, gosh, we use a ton of lettuce. Who knew we ate so much lettuce? You think, wow, yeah, we do buy a lot of exercise equipment or yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people here, so we're going to buy a lot of furniture. I bet, right? Let's just do lettuce, right? No one thinks, wow, why is lettuce so much more expensive in America? No, you think, gosh, we must buy a lot of lettuce. And that's true with healthcare, too. We buy a lot of healthcare. It is very expensive, don't get me wrong, but we also buy a lot of it. The fact that it's expensive is not the whole story. Second half of the sentence is life expectancy. Right. Uh, We have a lower life expectancy. We talked about this when uh, Castro died and a bunch of people said that Cuba has a, a lower infant mortality rate than America. It's all about how you define the data, right? In Cuba, if a baby is born, but dies within a few days, they don't count it as being born. In America, if a baby's born premature, and doesn't survive, we say that the baby, uh, was alive and then died. Right? So we count that towards infant mortality. Cuba doesn't. So it's all about how you do the data, right? How you define the data. And it's the same thing with life expectancy, right? Um, there's more car accidents in America. There's more homicides. There's more drug overdoses. People make very bad diet decisions, right? right so we eat more gross disgusting bad for you food than people in other countries health care bills won't fix that right there's nothing the federal government can do you know big picture about car accidents and drug overdose you know what i mean you can't just pass a bill to fix that but this accounts to our life expectancy and it's one reason why our life expectancy is not as high as everywhere else if you account for these things then our life expectancy is just the same as uh as everywhere else in the, in the in the first world so listen silly memes on the internet don't uh don't share the whole story i wrote on uh, facebook the other day or someone wrote back slater uh you know life expectancy has gone up in the last hundred years because of government mandates and regulations uh etc it's like well how about things also like the polio vaccine <laughs> you know what i mean so it's a lot more than just these simple platitudes mike slater show spread the word
0: You're listening to Mike Slater. Part of the next generation of talk radio. On the Blaze Radio Network.